friends, and welcome to Rainbow Parenting. I am your host, Linz Amer, and we are doing a little itty-bitty bonus mini-sode today just to introduce all of you to this brand new podcast we're doing, which is absolutely wild, and I am super, super excited for you all to listen to the incredible people I've been talking to over the last few months to get this podcast ready for your ear holes. And today I am here with Lee Summers, who is the education director at Queer Kids Stuff. Hello, Lee. Hey, everybody. My name's Lee. I'm also Elise. The pronouns are they, them. And I have been hanging out with Queer Kids Stuff as the education director for the past two years. That is wild that we've been working together for the last two <laughs> years. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's talk about what this podcast is and why we're doing it. Yeah, this whole new project called Rainbow Parenting. Yeah. And I I think just to start us off, I think something that is obvious and new about this is that we're we're talking to grownups this time and we're not talking to kids because so much of what we do at Queer Kids Stuff and, and, you know, starting with the web series, it's all been very kid focused stuff. But this is kind of a new space for us, right? We're like talking to grownups. <laughs> yeah, talking to grownups about like being grownups who support and care for queer children, which I think is such an awesome way to recognize that like kids bring their whole constellations of grownups and families with them everywhere they go. Absolutely. And I think it's something that's kind of been missing from a lot of our work over the last couple of years. You know, parents have so much power over what kids are exposed to, what knowledge they get, what education they have exposure to and access to. And that was something that came up with Queer Kids Stuff. You know, I I put it up on YouTube because it's a public platform and because it's easily accessible to anyone who wants it. And kids Kids are on YouTube, but it's still kind of a hard space to navigate because we're we're talking about a lot of ages here. We definitely skew towards early childhood, but parents and, and adults in kids' lives are the ones who are navigating these spaces for them and helping them pick out what they're gonna watch and curating their screen time, essentially. And and I think it's important to kind of get parents on board and in our kind of radical justice spaces. And then I think that's something that happens is that parents and and caregivers and people with kids in their lives can get really overwhelmed by all of the stuff that's out there for young people and not know how to navigate it always. And also like the topics and stuff that they're exposing kids to can be overwhelming. Something that I, I hope we can do with this podcast is really introduce a whole like community of people who are doing really beautiful, queer and trans centered and focused radical justice work for kids. Yeah, totally. And like you say, these media offerings that we've kind of done in the past, like start the conversation Mm -hmm. and provide some of the language for the conversation. But those caregivers, those grownups are going to be the ones to hold the bulk of the conversation and the questions afterward. And that's where so much of the rich learning happens. So we're hoping this podcast will be a chance for like grownups to really dive deeper into some of those skills and like building some of those connections and relationships to the like amazing queer and trans people in the world who are like really caring about um, young queer children and are 
offering so much creativity and like advice and support in building a world that queer kids deserve to live in. Yeah. And also like, you know, raising allies and and not just starting the conversation, right? I think that what's exciting about this project is taking kind of like those sparks, those conversation starters that like queer kid stuff is meant to be, you know, like when I conceived of the show, it was about, you know, okay, we can sit down with our kid in front of this video. And that is the jumping off point for a conversation, for an activity, for a collection of conversations you're going to have throughout that kid's life, coming in with new videos for different topics and helping build complexity. But I think that this podcast is really getting adults more knowledge about how to guide kids through more conversations and really getting in deep with these topics. And that's that's why, I mean, I like podcasts just as a person. That's why I think that this kind of intimate format and, and long form space for us to really dig in with these experts and these people who are doing beautiful work on really, really important topics for how to do this thing, which is raising kids in a queer and gender affirming way. And I think that there isn't really a concrete roadmap for that right now. I think people are pulling from lots of different spaces and building up their picture book libraries and hopefully tuning into some of the work from queer kids stuff. But I don't think that there's really a path or like a guide for that. And like, this is like a minor plug for the book that I've been writing that is (laughs) trying to be that queer and gender affirming parenting guide. And this podcast really was born out of that project as well. And an expansion upon the work that I'm doing on that book, which will theoretically come out in June 2023. Fingers crossed crossed that uh, all the paper (laughs) supply behaves. But yeah, this was really, you know, an endeavor to build a body of work to help deepening these conversations and understanding of these topics and why it's important specifically in early childhood spaces as well. Children are in such like a a fantastic time of identity development. And Mm. it's such, I think that's part of what makes our work so compelling to me is that we're really supporting kids like in these like early, early creative times, figuring out who they are, their most expressive ways. But we know identity development and like getting to know your identities is like a lifelong experience that changes as you grow. So in my wildest dreams for this podcast, this is a chance for grownups and kids to like come together to like learn more about their shared genders, their their shared mm-hmm. relationships to their own sexual identities, like all of these great parts of ourselves that it's providing more of the skills for kids and grownups to do that learning about themselves together. The way that I've kind of been positioning this podcast, especially like in relationship to the original web series, Queer Kid Stuff, is that Queer Kid Stuff is the show that I wish that I had when I was a kid and is a lot about like inner child healing for myself, Mm -hmm. but hopefully for other people. But this podcast, like this is what I wish my parents had when they were having me at the earliest ages so they could help give me the language and knowledge and guidance to help me figure out who I am and help me grow into my authenticity. Because I think that I was really confused as a kid and I didn't have exposure to who I could be or just like a way or a path toward making those discoveries in a healthy way. Yes, I wish that I had had queer kid stuff when I was a kid, but 
I don't know how much that would have been able to do if my parents didn't also have resources like this podcast and kind of this growing body that we're trying to build of grown-up facing projects. It's not just about the kids alone. And while that's incredibly important and like as a huge, huge focus of our work of validating and affirming queer, trans, and non-binary kids and helping grow allies to those kids as well, it's it's just as important that their parents are on board too. Even maybe even more so. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's parents, it's teachers, mm -hmm. it's caregivers, and it's it's educators and all of the amazing ways that they come. It's the queer family. Yes. May may all the people in in kids' lives be affirming and full of queer joy. Yes. And rainbow parenting is a parenting quote unquote philosophy of mm -hmm. raising kids. You know, it, really this podcast is for anyone with kids in their lives. And I think we're going to skew early childhood because that, that's what we do. That's that's our specialty kind of at Queer Kids Stuff. But I think that this is going to be really, really helpful information for people who have young people in their lives kind of spanning age ranges. You might have a teenager that's like figuring out and discovering themselves. It might be helpful to explain things or understand things in more simple terms when you're first discovering these things. We're going to take different strategies for talking about these ideas with young, young kids, but that doesn't mean that the ideas aren't still standing on their own. Everyone comes into this work, you know, from the context of our society, which doesn't center what we're talking about. And it's about opening that like first door and, and kind of walking into these conversations. Coming at it from an early childhood perspective is positioning it as this is a first conversation. This is an entry mm -hmm. point. This is a, a welcoming point to all of this stuff. And I, I hope that that makes it a little bit more approachable. As, as an early childhood teacher, I've like always believed that early childhood has so much to teach the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think this podcast is such an example of that, that um, queerness lets us not be linear. Like, mm. so we might be returning to this learning as teenagers, as elementary schoolers, as people in our 20s, 30s, 80s, you know, like these are conversations that, as you say, are like a welcoming point to, to everybody. Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite feedback on queer kids stuff is that they've showed it to, you know, preschoolers, toddlers in their lives, but that it was also helpful for introducing gender and ideas around non-binary gender and transness and queerness to their grandparents. And mm -hmm. I think that that is a a really beautiful intergenerational idea of what all ages work and co-viewing and family work means. Because when we're talking about family, I'm not just talking about mom, dad, kids. I'm talking about what does a family look like right now? And that is so far beyond that. I'm really excited to, to think about family in a holistic way like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And community, too. I think that, that what we're talking about, we're not just talking about biological family. We're talking about chosen family. And I think community is a huge part of that, too. Of course. This is queer kids stuff. Of course, we're <laughs> celebrating queer <chosen> family. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like yeah. something that's made me, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I haven't been this excited about making new content in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I think a huge part of that is the fact that this is really a community project. I mean, I've been doing this. I started Queer Kid Stuff in 2016, and I've been doing queer work for kids since th before then. But, you know, over this time that I've been doing this stuff, just practically day to day, pounding the pavement, making it happen, I've also been amassing a 
huge community of grassroots educators and creators, authors, makers of all kinds of stripes from all different places, from all different perspectives and identities and locations. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited that we can build a platform like this that uplifts those people. Because I think that this work has been actually going on in grassroots spaces, you know, from school to school, from one librarian to another, from all of these people who just are passionate about this work and about changing kids' lives and making kids' lives better and more meaningful and more authentic. And I'm getting to just talk to some really cool people who I've really admired for a long time and just having beautiful conversations with them about what the future of this work is and and how to do it best or try. I mean, mm-hmm. this is all trial and error, right? Nobody <laughs> actually knows what they're doing. But I think that there's a lot of expertise and experience here that hasn't gotten the spotlight that it deserves. Yeah. And so many people who haven't gotten the spotlight um, because they exist in kids spaces or in mm-hmm. queer spaces, and those are two spaces that are so often siloed mm-hmm. um, and queer kids stuff pushes back on that separation and says, no, like queerness and kids need to be hand in hand. They already are hand in hand. Let's share the expertise within this fa- fabulous community mm-hmm. of ways to live with kids that are joyful and affirming and rooted in visions of justice. Mm-hmm. We're doing 10 episodes for this first season, which like is barely even starting to scratch the surface. I mean, my list of future episodes is getting really long already. (laughs) Yeah, so we're most of the people I'm talking to are queer and or trans. There are a couple of exceptions to that rule. um, But those people are very carefully picked and uh, welcomed into our space for a purpose because we really are trying to center queer and trans perspectives here. Um, An upcoming episode is um, a friend of queer kids stuff, Kyle Lukoff, who is an award-winning a children's picture book and author. He also has middle grade books as well. And he is just a really brilliant writer doing just like gorgeous storytelling from trans perspectives. And, you know, is, I think is really an epitome of like trans excellence in this space. And it's just really smart. And like a beautiful creator, and and I'm I, that conversation with Kyle around queer kid lit, which has been kind of this growing space mm-hmm. in publishing and in books over the last however many years, and he's been a really big part of that. And I've loved watching that happen from the outside, and reading his books, and now becoming kind of colleagues. You know, mm-hmm. like he is in this space with us. And then um, the first episode, which is debuting today, along with this mini is a longtime friend of mine, Megan Madison, who I met when I was in Brooklyn, kind of still producing queer kids stuff. And she was doing, you know, teacher trainings on how to talk to kids about queerness and gender and all this stuff. People I've been doing this work alongside with in lots of different capacities and spaces, but all with a very similar mission and goal. You know, I I think back on, you know, doing queer kid stuff however how many, how many years now um and like i think i felt really really alone in a lot mm-hmm. of it and i think some of that came from you know the harassment and and legitimately traumatic stuff i went through quote unquote backlash to the series and i think the purpose of that is to isolate people right that's a big part of that kind of like violent online tactic to silence people who are doing this kind of work but i i think i just felt really alone and felt like you know i'm one of the only people doing this 
this kind of work when there aren't a lot of people doing this work in the same exact way that I am. But that's the point, right? Like we're all bringing our own perspective and our own experience and our own style of doing it. And that's okay. And that's good. I I think it took me a long time to actually turn around and look at who was behind me and who is beside me and who's in front of me, who's been doing this longer than me, and looking at the larger kind of mission of liberation in the context of this is a fight that's been going on for generations. And now we have these technological tools to communicate with each other about these things in new and interesting ways, and, you know, for better or worse with social media. But I think that this is a really beautiful space that I I want more people to have access to the ideas that are coming out of it. And so for for me, that's what community means when I'm talking about this podcast. Yeah. And what a critical time to be bringing this community of supporters of queer and trans kids forward and like really centering and sharing, making accessible their brilliance and their wisdom and their experience as we see across the country, trans kids being under attack. So to be able to bring this community together and then to be able to share it out, I think is just so key. Yeah. And I think it's about like, okay, like we've, a lot of us have been doing this kind of like on local levels and like in a kind of grassroots capacity. And some of us have been doing it in more public spaces too. And I think so much of it is about like, how can we spread this message? How can we as grownups who know what's going on in the world and have a responsibility to protect kids? Kids are really vulnerable, right? And particularly queer and trans and non-binary kids are so vulnerable in this moment right now because of the politics of the moment, but also because of there's just rampant anti-trans and homophobic sentiment mm-hmm. everywhere right now. I mean, we're launching and recording this in, in 2022, and it is just every day. It just feels like it keeps getting worse. And so politicians aren't doing anything. There's some really incredible activist work and, and organizations that are pushing and pushing tirelessly. But, you know, how can we everyday people who are around kids in their lives, you know, teachers, parents, people who are at home with their children, how can they be showing up for trans kids? And even if they don't have queer trans kids or non-binary kids themselves, like how can you be talking and deconstructing gender around your kid so that, you know, if a boy in their class wants to wear a dress, they're not going to make fun of them and bully them. And it's just, it's as simple as that, honestly, of like, how can we make the world better for queer, trans, and non-binary kids. You know, validation is a huge part of that. But I think it's also just like about making the world safer for them. And that's about getting grownups that are around them, understanding them and who they are and and why <laughs> queer and trans people are the way that we are, which is just being ourselves. You know, there's a level of talking about decolonizing our minds and like getting out of entrenched gender norms and stereotypes and ideas around what quote unquote normal families look like. That takes widespread culture shifting. And, you know, that's a big blue sky dream. And and I love blue sky dreaming. Uh, <laughs> Elise knows this well. For sure. For sure. <laughs> from working with me for two years. Um, and I don't 
assume that that is going to happen, but I I hope it does, and I and I like to keep that optimism in, in what I do. And I don't know. I think this this little mission of spreading queer joy, it, I want it to go as far as it can, and I can't do that on my own. And that's what this community is here for. Uh, it makes me think of another friend of Queer Kid Stuff, Junior Mint, uh, mm. who's a fabulous Black trans drag queen, often says at her shows, like, every day is a, a new opportunity to support Black trans people. And I feel like there's an element of, of mm. that, like, mobilization of yes. that saying, like, we all have an opportunity. We all have a responsibility to be making a world that queer and trans kids and all of us like deserve to live in that where we can have lives worth living creating these pathways for people to have the skills to do that is so awesome yeah this is like our version of like knocking on your door and like recruiting Mm -hmm. you to what we're doing and you know that that can be tiring but i think it's also really exciting to bring new people into the fold and say that you know Anyone can do this. Anyone can affirm queer, trans, and non-binary kids. And anyone can know what to say and how to explain gender and how to talk about different family structures and and fold consent practices into your daily life. Like these are all things that are very doable. And it's just, you know, introducing the right language or, you know, what's like one way in to talk about this or what's a good activity to help explain what difference is to a three-year-old. Things that people like me and you you and the community members that we're bringing into this podcast have worked on and built expertise in, that's kind of the knowledge that we're sharing of like, okay, like maybe you want to do this, you're interested in it. Here's how we can bring you into the fold and how you can do it practically in your day-to-day life. And at the heart of it, that it's really accessing the power that queer and trans and all kids Mm. hold within themselves, that kids have these awesome like brains hearts and bodies for justice you know they are so creative they're full of so much power so there's a part of like protecting queer and trans kids and also like the world needs queer and trans kids like our movements for justice need the creativity and the energy that kids bring to building new worlds they bring so much possibility in with them so it's the knowledge and the expertise like you're speaking to lens that we as grown-ups are bringing in terms of language in terms of framing in terms of resources and it's really providing access for kids to name what they're already seeing Mm -hmm. like three-year-olds already know a lot about gender they have three whole years of experience living in the world. Four-year-olds already know a lot about race. They are watching, they're listening, they're participating in the world around them. And when we're not having these conversations, we're kind of leaving kids solo to like process Mm -hmm. all of these systems of oppression that shape the world that we live in differently for each of us and our identities. But hopefully this podcast will be a way for for grownups and kids to like name their worlds truthfully together in ways that Mm. are developmentally appropriate, in ways that center the humanity of the identities of people we're talking about, and in ways that like really bring kids into their full power because we need it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think something that I'm I'm excited about here too is that like we're not only focusing specifically on queer and trans issues, we're also talking across a lot of justice movements because every justice movement is relevant to queer and trans people because queerness and transness transcends culture and race and ethnicity and disability and all of these other identifiers that we hold, right? Like anyone can be queer, anyone can be trans, anyone can be non-binary, and we'll have different perspectives on disability justice, on climate justice, on racial justice, on all of these different ideas. And I think it's really important to talk about 
queerness and transness from so many different perspectives? How can we expand our understanding of what queer, trans, early childhood knowledge building and community building is in the first place? Because, you know, this is a community that like hasn't had the spotlight on it, hasn't had like a large organizing body to it, you know? And I think that it's important to get us in conversation with each other as well and grow the movement forward to and build in coalition with other justice spaces. And I think that that's something that has been missing from a lot of justice work. I think that I'm starting to see, you know, folks from reproductive justice movements talking to trans justice movements and building these really powerful coalitions. And I think that that's what's going to truly be the thing that changes things because we're so much more powerful when we're working together. Yeah, absolutely. This is also making me think of the values conversations mm-hmm. that we've kind of been having over the past couple of years as a queer kid stuff team, mm-hmm. shaping and defining the values that we hold as an organization. One of those being intersectional that mm-hmm. um, we we aim for our work to center and uplift marginalized identities and celebrate the many, many ways that our identities can come together. I think another one being like we, we support children's liberation. We support yeah. kids like taking their own autonomy and their autonomy over their body, their identities, their creativity, their experiences. How else would you say our our values as an organization have kind of played into the making of rainbow parenting? Yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot about community, obviously, but mm-hmm. I think um, one of the big things also is this idea of being joy forward. I think that there's such an emphasis on like queer struggle and like how horrible it is to be queer because we're so oppressed. And I I think that that's just not true. I find so much joy in my identity, in my queer community, in my transness. And I think that there's a lot of beauty to it that most people just don't see because they're not in it and they're not experiencing it. The joy of it isn't being shown and that isn't being represented. And I think that that's a really big problem. And I'm not saying joy for the sake of joy or joy in like a toxic positivity way mm-hmm. of like, all oh, joy, there is no suffering ever. Um, I don't think that's right either. I think that it's important to acknowledge that like it can be really hard to be a queer and trans and non-binary person. And like, it's really tough <laughs> right now, especially. And for like kids too. But there is that light side of it. And understand that like from great suffering comes great joy. And we are beautiful. And some of that beauty does come from our struggle. And I mean, I am so proud of like the queer and trans histories that we're writing right now and that we're a part of from generations past. And you know, I see that activists of the past like led hard lives and that's an important part of understanding who they were and where we are now. But I also see that they enjoyed themselves okay. and, and we can do that too. And being joy forward is a really big part of this and showing that this stuff isn't scary. These don't have to be like serious conversations of like sitting your kid down and talking about gender. Like it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, there's so many different shapes that these conversations can take. And as queer people get to inherit like so much cultural joy alongside Mm -hmm. the histories of resistance. Yeah. 
Our last uh, value is anti-capitalism. I don't know yeah. how that really, how that really relates to the podcast. I mean, I think that it's a community project. Um, we are a, a, attempting to make ends meet with this podcast helping. Um, but I think that that's also like about community building. And like that is mm-hmm. an anti-capitalist value in itself. So uh, I don't know if that like directly relates to this, <laughs> but it is worth mentioning because I think that that's an important thing. And, and we put great care and value into the sponsors that we do bring on and that we are vetting and looking at the ethics of people and partners that we're working with and, you know, trying to make a space that is conscious of those things. And I think that capitalism asks us not to be conscious of those things in lieu of profits. And that's not something that we're really willing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're inviting our community listening into the conversation with us as well. And Mm -hmm. anti-capitalism as one of our values is always evolving as as we're evolving in our practice, as are all of our values. We're here making mistakes, changing, learning as we're going. Absolutely. Um, So let's talk a little bit about what Queer Kid Stuff has been doing since we've kind of ended the original web series. We've been up to a lot of different stuff and figuring out our voice. And I think this project is is a big part of that and coming to creating content in, in this way again. But yeah, let's let's tell them what we've been up to because I think people maybe want to know. And if they're interested in this podcast, I think they'll be interested in introducing some of our kid-focused work um, into their kids' lives and some of the um, stuff that they can bring to the young people once once you stop listening to the podcast because there's a lot more than just the web series for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I've been excited about the new content coming out. We've mm-hmm. been busy. <laughs> um, kind of starting in these values conversations, really reflecting Mm -hmm. on the vision Queer Kid Stuff has for our own work and how our work is in the world. Part of that being the community-based piece that we've spoken so much about. Um, We were really thinking about how to share some of these rad queer and trans community members directly with queer and trans kids, which inspired our letter series, Dear Queer Kid. We've been releasing them monthly since October of 2021. We have letters from educators and picture book writers and drag queens and trans kids themselves. And just this really incredibly powerful array of of people writing directly, responding to the prompt, dear queer kid. I know most of our letters have made me cry. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's a really beautiful project and I love... One that it like kind of doubles as a mutual aid project because we're redistributing funds to the queer and trans people, grownups who are writing these letters for us. They're commissioned. So showing queer and trans artists and writers and the people in our community that they and their words have value. That's really, really huge too. And that their words have value to kids. That yes. Their words are important for kids to be connecting with and their work is important for kids to be connecting with. I know I've brought the letters into my classroom with four and five-year-olds and they've just inspired some of the most beautiful conversations um, and reflections. Yeah. The other side of it is that it's an intergenerational project. And I think a lot of anti-queer, anti-trans stuff really stymies conversation and communication between generations. I I mean, the HIV AIDS crisis was a huge part of that. And and I feel that in, you know, wishing that I had mentorship as I've been doing this work and, and lots of different things. And I think that putting different generations of queer and trans people in 
conversation with each other is a really, really important part of justice work. We're sharing queer joy, intergenerational queer joy with the queer and trans ancestors who are alive right now and who are creating new worlds right here, right now. And saying kids deserve to be, need to be in conversation with these incredible, caring, visionary people. Um, so those letters have been coming out in our newsletter every month. We have even more fabulous people coming up um, in our letters. So definitely sign up for our newsletter. Um, and the newsletter has also been a new kind of approach for Queer Kids Stuff. We release them weekly, sharing letters from the Queer Kids Stuff staff, sharing Teddy's book recommendations, sharing activities, sharing Dear Queer Kid letters, all hopefully coming together to like create the material to bring some of these rainbow parenting conversations into action and kind of provide mm -hmm. um, some scaffolding for a few ways those conversations can look. Yeah, absolutely. And we've kind of been doing them um, kind of on a thematic basis. So we yeah. had a month where we were talking about consent. So we had a couple of book recommendations that helped that conversation at home. We had a Dear Queer Kid letter from um, the organization Sex Positive Families. So we were talking about age-relevant early childhood sex education in that letter um, and spotlighting that organization. And then we also did an activity that talked about consent, you know, get that conversation into homes and weekends, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, and bring some of the conversation into play, too. Mm -hmm. It's not all about words. A lot of it is about getting messy and experiencing it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, the newsletter has been a really, really great space for all of that work to be happening. And then the other thing we've been doing, obviously this podcast. Um, and we're doing some more events these days. You're doing a lot more events these well, days. Well, I've been doing kind of these live performances, both virtually and in person at schools and libraries and community organizations um, and like rainbow clubs, honestly, kind of all over the place um, for the past... I mean, I was doing it while I was actively producing queer kid stuff. It must be like five years I've been doing these gigs. So I've been doing those all over the place. But we're also starting to do more internal events. We've done some webinars and workshops in the past, try and work that into our programming. So you can always kind of keep an eye out for when we're going to be doing those. Yeah, and building out our community of of rainbow clubs, of GSAs, of groups of queer kids coming together and, and groups of the people who love queer kids. If that sounds like you, we'd love to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for chatting with me, Elise, about all of this stuff and about, you know, what we're kind of doing with this podcast and what it means to us as an organization and why we've kind of endeavored to make this happen. So if anyone wants to check out what we're doing, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's kind of where our, our main social media feed. It's at Queer Kids Stuff. Um, I'm also on TikTok and I've been doing stuff over there under Queer Mixter Rogers. So we're building up that space as well. If folks are over there, sign up for our our newsletter that we're talking about. You can go find that at queerkidstuff.com and sign up there. It's also in like the link in our bio and social media. But and before we go, obviously go listen to the very first episode of the podcast where I'm talking to co-author of the first conversations board book series, Megan Madison. If you want to support this podcast, we have our Queer Kid Stuff Patreon where we will be putting some exclusive podcast content over there where we're gonna have each guest talk about their favorite kids media, which uh has been really, really great. I've been learning about a lot of cool titles that I need to add to my picture book library. And um, obviously, make sure that you follow the feed and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to Rainbow Parenting. Leave a review if you like any of the episodes and are interested in our work and like our mission and have the nice things to say, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.